Welcome to Popular Podagogy, a podcast brought to you by the Faculty of Education at Queen's University. If this is your first time listening to the podcast, we're a podcast designed for teachers and educators who are looking to gain a little bit of professional knowledge as well as uh, have a good laugh and learn a few tips and tricks along the way. Uh, we're very lucky today to have a special guest or guests join us in the studio. Uh, we're joined today by the Harmony Club, which is an educational music collective. How are you guys doing today? Good. good. Awesome. Right, yeah. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thanks for coming in. Uh, so my first question for you should be an easy one, but could be a little interesting. So how did you all meet? Okay, well, um, uh some of us are in the uh, we're in the faculty of education at Queens, and uh, the reason why this whole thing came about is because uh, for our alternative practicum, and for those who are listening who don't know what that is, um, each year all the uh, teacher candidates at Queens have to do a sort of chosen placement in something outside the classroom, and uh, so many months ago I was in my class and our, our teacher asked us what our kind of dream placement was, and uh, I had this sort of idea of making a, uh, a kid's album. So I wrote down, uh, hey, Fred Penner. And our, my coordinator said to me, no, I got the guy for you. His name's Gary. I'll give you his email. And so uh, I met with Gary at the Small Batch Cafe downtown, and we, we talked uh, we talked things through. And Gary said, all right, Noah, grab some like-minded people, and, and let's let's see what we can do. And uh, I, I went forth and grabbed some uh, singer-songwriter friends who I thought are also very talented people as well. And uh, and then we got together for uh, for the for the alternative practicum. And and how did it go from there? Like, what was your next steps for the practicum? Did you just start right into an album, or what did you do uh, from there? I'll, I'll I'll answer. It's Gary, Gary here. Uh, so I I was officially facilitating the experience. I'm uh, a sessional instructor at Queen's University, and I have uh, over the past several years um, run alternative practicums for students that are wanting to do projects that are creative projects, usually that have to do with songwriting. So once Noah and I had met and kind of established the idea that we'd like to do this kind of songwriting collective, um, once the group formed and came together, there's five of us in total, it was pretty evident that the group really wanted to uh, have a, a, you know, their main focus on creating an album of, of songs for children. and um, there was some talk about, you know, how would we, you know, what are the songs going to be? What will be the focus for it? And the name of the album is called How to Be Awesome. And so everybody sort of, we spent some time, uh, you know, articulating what was important in terms of, uh, you know, how do you write for children? What kind of messages do we want those uh, to, to sort of be conveyed through our music? And uh, and then we just jumped in and, and started writing songs. And so speaking of the messages that you kind of wanted to be conveyed, um, on the website that you, you have for the uh, group, it says that you want to create music that serves as a toolkit for youth to be the best versions of themselves, to love themselves and the world around them. So how did you arrive at this goal, and how do you hope to engage youth with your music? Alex here speaking. Um, I think we arrived at this goal because we all felt um, very strongly about kind of like the character education um, behind school. Um, and we felt that sometimes in traditional school settings, there's more of a focus on curriculum. Um, as, and as being uh, quite you know sensitive um, people, um, we generally gravitated because of our characters towards um, the goal of creating an album that 
that focus on themes of love and, and self-respect and compassion and caring for other things, just to build up that inner inner sensitivity in children that we all feel is so important. And do you think that arts education is a way for us to kind of develop on that character education? Do you think that's an area that um, we can use the arts to really um, kind of find alternative methods of, of connecting with students in that way? Evan here. Uh, yeah, I think that there's just a very strong interconnected sort of vibe that goes from arts to emotions to self-regulation character education because there's that uh, self-expressive element to the arts that students really need when they're in school. They need that sort of class where they have a place to focus on creativity, they need to focus on how they're feeling, and they need a way to express that. And sometimes students aren't the best at expressing that in verbal, oral, or written way, and they need some form of art that they can express themselves through. So I think very much in a way for a lot of us, this album was a way for us to express the importance of these sorts of feelings and emotions and this how to be awesome concept through music, because we're all educators here, and maybe it's a little bit easier for us, because we're all artists and educators to sort of make that connection with students through music as well as our lessons. So I think that using the arts in school really helps students connect to their emotions, connect to themselves, and then have that sort of facet in their lives that allow them to express themselves and uh, sort of find some sort of creative freedom in their day. So you've mentioned a couple times now that your your album title, which is How to Be Awesome, how did you guys arrive at that title and where did you kind of come up with the idea for creating that type of music? What were your inspirations for it? I think how it started, it was Noah's idea when we got together and we started talking about the theme of the songs that we wanted and we were brainstorming about um, how can kids be awesome 21st century humans. That was kind of like the, the first idea and then we ended up shortening it to how to be awesome. But uh, that's more marketable. Yeah, yeah. that'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah. yeah. A little easier to say, that's yeah. for sure. Yeah. And then, yeah, so we are all uh, singer-songwriters, so what we kind of did when we got together, after we brainstormed, we would split off and see what we could come up with on our own, and then we would come together and work together and collaborate. And so each song kind of has our, our own flavor and our own style. <laughs> so that, that actually leads me into one of the other questions that I was going to okay. uh, ask you guys about, which um, in each song you guys have different vocalists and uh, kind of different leads. So how do you decide who's singing each song and who's doing what for each song? Then? Okay, so uh, we decided for this album that we would each write two songs. And during the course of the three weeks that we spent together, we would bring each song to the table and... Uh, um, what the, the rest of us would sort of help sculpt each song and, and maybe give little suggestions and or or provide different harmonies or different instrumentation like like Alex provided some uh, mandolin on the album, Evan provided some glockenspiel on the album. So we would originally each of us would have these two uh, songs, but then then the collaboration would happen and it was quite magical and we were in such a really open and safe environment where someone would make a little suggestion and then that would def- that would kind of be. Uh, accepted and then the song would kind of you know evolve so collaboration was was really important but uh but then at the yeah the the two songs we had we would kind of serve as a lead vocalist and then the the group would sort of harmonize on that song and did you did you often have like a lot of um we'll call them creative differences when you're making these songs so when the person that brings the song uh to to the other person did you guys 
collaborate at that point in time and have um, different people suggest different things, or was it mostly just whoever brought the song, that was their idea, that was what they were going to go with, and everyone else kind of just got on board with it? Yeah, I think the, I think the idea behind it was that, um, as Noah su- suggested, that you know we worked both individually on our songs and then also collectively, and as uh, in in that manner, you know, our job becomes just supporting each other. So there weren't really creative differences. There were, it was really just a support network. You know, the whole thing was a workshop. So the idea was that we just wanted to help each other make the songs be as best as they could be. So um, so that that process was actually one of the you know the most fun and uh, and valuable parts of the of our workshop together was you know being excited at seeing what someone else brought to the table. Yeah, and I think the collaboration part was was great because. Uh, you know, for example, uh, when writing my second song, I was I was having a hard time figuring a theme, having a hard time like figuring out or feeling inspired by it. And I, I just had a quick conversation with Gary, and he suggested, you know, a certain a certain lyric or idea to use in it. And just from that small um, idea he had, it really like got me going. And and I just it, you know I, I just spent like that that day sort of working intensely on this song because of the spark that Gary provided. So. It was great to work off of, off of each other that way, and yeah, I think I think it really fueled the whole thing and allowed us to to move forward efficiently. That was, that was a great yeah. day. Alex left, and then he came back with this with this wonderful song. It was it was kind of he mysteriously vanished. We're like, where's Alex? But then he like arrived later and then just presented the song, and we all I think we all had a emotional reaction uh, when. When that happened, yeah, Hour, that hours was, later. Yeah, hours, hours later. That was the thing, right? I don't think we had any creative differences because no, no, when no. we came in together, we were like, "Wow, you just wrote the most incredible song." We we're very proud of yeah. each other. Yeah, I think that yeah. collaboration really added a lot to each other's songs as well. Like my mm-hmm. second song that I brought to the table, I just had this idea, I brought it up, and then Noah came up with this idea to do like this a cappella duop style sort of baseline underneath which totally built up the song and turned it into a whole new animal that I didn't even have in my mind and that sort of collaboration really allowed our songs to flourish and be as powerful as they could be because we had that teamwork together and that that supporting environment that really allowed us to create amazing things. So it sounds kind of like the story behind creating the album is almost uh, well not almost it's it's valuable in itself because um, you're showing how collaboration can work and even though each person's bringing different things to the table and bring different ideas to the table it's actually making it so that the end product is better so each of you has your own individual talents but then when you're working together it's actually um, tenfold because you're working off of each other's strengths and and, uh, picking up maybe where other people um, needed some picking up and I, I think that's a good message that you can share when you're talking about your your album as well mm-hmm. because it's not just about the actual message of the songs it's about the message of the recording process and what you guys mm. went through so that's pretty cool mm. um, I'm gonna circle back a little bit though and actually talk about the uh, message of your songs so, specifically I, I think that just in listening to your songs it kind of sounds like you're using your music to try and help students and help children um, and uh, circling kind of a, particularly around the idea of mental health and bullying. So how do you think that uh, you you can see your music helping students and children? Well, I think to just to back up a little bit, I think that, um, you know, our songs didn't necessarily, we didn't say we want to write this kind of song. 
we decided that you know we wanted to write a certain spirit of song and um, you know myself my one of my roles in the workshop was uh, I make a living as uh, writing songs for children and for families and um, I think there's a big difference when you're writing a song uh, between saying you know I want to write a song about uh, you know with this goal of promoting mental health versus somehow you know when you're when you're writing songs um, you know you want to find some balance between uh, you know maybe talking about a serious topic uh, in a playful way so that you can be you know playfully serious or, or seriously playful you know that that idea so um, so I guess I'm not sure if I'm addressing the question you asked but I think that we didn't really have this explicit goal like you know a curricular goal of saying you know at the end of this uh, project we'd like 10 songs and they're going to accomplish you know these uh, six curricular goals we gave ourselves permission to play and to you know let the muse visit us and uh, to see what what arrived and but you know in terms of the sensibility to the songs and the spirit behind the songs I think that's really where you know just the idea of, of yes being playful but also uh, you know being generous and uh, creating something where there's enough room in this in the songs that we're not telling anyone what to get in the song we're offering a song and uh, so you know we're trying to show rather rather than tell I suppose is what the spirit of the workshop was I, and I think in in regards to like specifically talking about bullying or, or mental health stuff um, one of my songs or like both of them are more on the mental health spectrum one of them is called the dress-up parade um, and it's uh, it's 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 a song that's about um, you know going into a dress-up chest and pulling out whatever you want to wear and it's just sort of like the basic um, underlying theme behind it is for kids to be comfortable with who they are and to support others for who they are and really value each other for who they are as people and not not uh, you know not make judgments and and stuff like that um, yeah I think I think like a lot of like looking at topics of bullying and mental health we you know it wasn't like songs that said like you know stop bullying it was like right. songs that positively encouraged uh children to be um aware and and aware of their own emotions too as well um and yeah just be conscious of that more yeah i think that just the nature of how our album is titled and how the songs sort of progress throughout it, we have these sort of light imperatives that sort of represent our own perspectives on education and the important things that we need to teach to students. So there's songs like Listen to the Trees, Give Thanks to Mother Earth, these these seemingly imperative songs that actually just reflect our values as educators and what we want to see in the future uh, with the children that we're going to be teaching and the values that we want to help them come to on their own. Uh, especially with, uh, for example, Listen to the Trees, one of my tunes that was focused on sort of giving students that motivation to respect and listen to nature, get outside, value the world around them, use all of their senses to have that sort of experiential education experience outside. Um, but a lot of it is open to their own interpretation. They can listen to that song and they can have whatever imagination that it brings along with them, whatever reality that it sort of brings forth inside their head that then motivates them to go outside and respect nature. So I think that playful aspect that Gary was just talking about really allowed us to represent our values as educators in all of our songs. That's that's a really cool way of looking at it because it's kind of it's taking your own values and mixing it with values that we would see in an education system and then putting it into an album so that 
but it, it what I, I really like the idea that you you said uh, I think it was Alex that said uh, you didn't focus on you know the negative side of things you were focusing on the positive side of things and bringing it out in a way that it's how you would want people to act rather than um, mm-hmm. focusing on how you don't want people to act which I think is something that will be a lot more receptive to mm. um, educators and and students even if, if they're listening to it um, which kind of leads me into my next question you're all um, educators in, in one form or another a lot of you are uh, becoming teachers so how do you see and this podcast is for teachers so how do you see teachers uh, using your music in their classrooms um, well, I'm the only uh, person at this table here that's a secondary teacher that will be teaching in a high school. And for me, I have kind of looked at this album and thought it would be a great way to study and break down poetry or songwriting. So I think that would be a great way to use in your classroom. Or we have songs like Evan was talking about, um, getting outside in nature. You could use those in your, your science classrooms or on, um, like, what's the environment day called? What do you call that? Earth Green, day. Earth day? Earth day. Yeah. yeah. So that's my IS perspective. <laughs> yeah, and, and from my PJ perspective, I feel like like uh, like my song Smile, I, I had this sort of vision of, you know, if I were maybe to teach that to students, maybe kind of do, maybe do a choral version of it and maybe even integrate some art or something and draw something that makes them smile. So, like, kind of use it in that context. Hmm. And and Jill had a really good idea that she was mentioning the other day, which was we what we're thinking of doing is making lesson plans around the songs, so that um, they're sort of like a resource for teachers to use and and know how to use the songs correctly or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's not saying like, oh, this album is just a tool that you can use in your yeah. classroom. Like, let's give teachers concrete ways and lesson plans that they could just take them and, and mm-hmm. use in their classroom. Yeah, and and I think with that, like you know, a lot of these songs could be used in like a mental health unit in, mm-hmm. in, in like a health class, for example, like in 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 PJ, mm-hmm. for example. Yeah, and just like in general, just using music in your lessons, for example, like using mm-hmm. those lessons plans that we may make for our songs, just introducing music in general into your classroom just to expands sort of the ability to reach all the learners in your classroom. Some of them are going to connect a lot more with a song than they will with a worksheet or with even like an activity on the iPad. If they can sing a song that allows them to remember things or in this case feel things towards the sort of character education side, it may stick with them a little bit better than if it's just straight up dialogue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think one thing I just wanted to add too about, especially talking about mental health or using these songs in the classroom, I think what is so awesome about this album is that our songs are very real. We don't sugarcoat anything. and I think that students could really connect with that and would be excited about using it in their classroom because it's not so, you know, <laughs> happy little songs that everything is awesome and everything is great. Like we talk about, you know, negatives and positives and how do we put positive spin on negatives. Mm-hmm. So. so what are the plans for the band from here? Are you, are you going to go on and do school performances or what's... Do you, do you have well, an idea? Um, I'm moving overseas to Korea next year, so uh, I'm bringing this to Asia. I'm bringing How to Be Awesome <laughs> to uh, the Asian masses. K-pop. And, and K-pop, yeah. We'll K-popify it. We're going to K-popify the uh, How to Be Awesome. Uh, but I'm certainly, yeah, I'll be working at, at an international school outside Seoul, and uh, I, I don't know how, but I would love to bring this uh, there to some capacity. Maybe we were talking the idea of the Harmony Club turning into the Harmony Collective and maybe expanding and maybe grabbing some new like-minded uh, awesome educators uh, wherever we go and yeah yeah, yeah totally um, yeah I just think it, it'll, it'll be nice to 
have like i'm going to be doing a bit of music teaching next year so it'll be it'll be nice to have them as as resources around but yeah i think i think we're like all kind of trying to think about how we can continue to expand this and how we can add more more to it and just yeah like i guess continue in our own ways i think there's lots of opportunities around kingston or wherever to to play music for kids so yeah i also think it's important to point out that this program project you know we did this project in march started in march when the it was the dates of the alternative practicum was held and in the time in the three weeks that we were together we wrote and recorded the 10 songs they've had a life from from april till july we've we've been doing gigs uh we've been in uh in various settings um to perform the song so this the you know the record does have a life of its own and certainly as of the end of the program for all the BEd candidates for all you know the members of the harmony club everyone's going off on different adventures so it's not clear what happens next but that's one of the nice things about creating uh an album is that the music's there and you don't know how it's what's going to happen mm -hmm. but the music can can have a life of its own and, and we'll see what where it, where it takes us all right well thank you guys we'll be right back uh with your classroom confessions after this break Are you an occasional teacher looking to improve your job prospects? Are you an experienced teacher trying to reach the next pay scale? Are you interested in improving your overall teaching practice? Queen's Continuing Teacher Education has you covered. With easy to access online courses, you can log on to your course from anywhere you have access to the internet. Courses offered by CTE range from special education to technological education to safe and accepting schools. Queen's CTE courses work with your schedule, have supportive, expert instructors that want to help you succeed. Registration is fast and easy with no commitment to pay until the Friday before the course starts. What are you waiting for? Visit coursesforteachers.ca for more information or to sign up today. That's coursesforteachers.ca. All right, and welcome back to Popular Podagogy. Uh, we are now going to go into what we think is our favorite segment, which is the Classroom Confessions. Uh, our Classroom Confessions are designed to bring a little bit of lightheartedness to the teaching profession uh, and recognize that uh, we all do things that are relatable and we can all make mistakes, but uh, the best way to go about it is to kind of laugh about, them all, laugh about it after. Uh, so... I'm throwing it out to the Harmony Club. Is there anyone out there that has a classroom confession? Okay, I'll start with mine. This is Alex. I was at um, a school in Toronto with a lar large Muslim population, um, and I would bring in my guitar a lot to... I wrote, wrote songs about different curriculum points that we were looking at, like um, songs about decimals, fractions, um, different topics, um, topics on science. Um, so anyways, one, so I spent like the better portion of the night before my class preparing this song, spent a lot of time on it, I was quite proud of it. Um, and so I get to the school um, the day of, and I pull up my guitar, I'm about to play in front of these kids on the carpet, and and then <laughs> one of them goes, Mr. Roshan, it's, it's Ramadan. So in Ramadan, you can't listen to music, and there's none of that. So I was there with my guitar in front, had this whole song planned out and, and lesson and everything around this this tune. 
So, anyways, it was kind of an awkward situation. Like, I, I was kind of going to put my guitar away, and then my associate teacher kind of said, no, it, it's okay. Like, um, so I kind of awkwardly started playing um, and started singing, and, like, a third of, or, like, half the class was covering their ears. So that was, the, that was the first time I've ever played to a group of children, like, with their ears intentionally covered. Quite funny. It's good to integrate That's arts awesome. into into education, but maybe not in that situation. Exactly. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. Um, all right. I have a I've got a short one here. Uh, this is Noah. So um, one of my lessons was uh, for my grade four students. Uh, we were doing we were in the unit of sound, and so uh, I had a, a lesson that actually Alex and I had developed early in the year of uh, making paper megaphones and learning about basic properties of sound by constructing these paper megaphones and. Uh, and also, what I wanted for in the end was for the um, for the for the students to use the megaphone and say something positive in the megaphone to one another and just show you know how the sound traveled. But of course, uh, it was a it was a bad day for some of the students and a few of them were kind of getting to fights. And at the end, the all these paper megaphones were made and the one kid picked it up and was just like, "Hayden, you smell, you suck," and just saying really mean things to the other kid. And then the other kid kind of reciprocated and he picked it up and started making really like mean messages to the other one. I'm like, no, no. And this happened to me during my observation. My my oh, practicum no. liaison was there watching this all oh, go no. down. Um, and then uh, and then actually also at the end, um, uh, we we were giving we were letting the kids take the megaphones home, and uh, there weren't enough megaphones for them all to take. But keep in mind these are like really cheaply made Dollarama, you know inspired megaphones and these two girls are fighting over the megaphone like pulling it from one you know pulling at each end and so they did a paper rock scissors to uh to see who would take it home and and the girl one of the girls won the other girl lost and the girl lost started crying like bawling her eyes out oh because God. she couldn't take this megaphone home and so uh and it didn't help that the other girl was kind of gloating about it and like dancing <laughs> with the megaphone around this class I'm like Gabrielle it's not really nice to do and so I had to console the girl who and I, I, we would make, we made another paper megaphone later so it was all just a fun, fun uh, it mess. sounds like a really good observation yeah and yeah. but Andrew, Andrew she was laughing with me she goes I, you know that's gonna happen so we had, we had a good laugh about it yeah. but, uh, okay I have one too this is Jillian and uh, I was teaching on my practicum this grade 9 band class and we were doing elements of music unit so at the beginning of every class I made this chart up for them and we would listen to music of all different genres and I encouraged them to bring in their own stuff so we could hear their music but I said over and over and over again like don't bring anything with swearing and all this sort of stuff I know this so is anyways yeah I, <laughs> but, so I come in that day I hadn't prepared anything I figured that they would have a song none of the students had a song and I was like all right thinking off the top of my head I forget what it's called now but that the one that won the Juno, it's like, I wish I could hurt you back, that song. Um, anyways, I was what? like, oh, this what? is a good what? one. This is a female <laughs> artist who won a Juno. I'll play this song. And I only heard the radio version before. <laughs> anyways, I start playing it, and she swears all through the song. <laughs> and then I was oh like, gosh. okay. And, uh, and all the kids, their eyes lit up, and they're like, Miss Kerr played a song with profanity in it. <laughs> so then I had no. to teach them the difference between swearing from emotion and, and then actually just swearing and yeah mm. so that was pretty funny that was mm. my mistake <laughs> and, and that kids is how how to be awesome that's yeah. uh, <laughs> all right well 
that does it for our classroom confessions uh, section of the podcast. Uh, before we go, uh, I just wanted to give the Harmony Club an opportunity. Do you have anything that you have coming up or anything that you want the audience to know about? We have our uh, album available online. Yeah, <laughs> so people can you can find to How it. to Be Awesome on... Uh, it's actually it's now on all the streaming sites, so you can find our album on Google Play, iTunes, Spotify, and um, also on CD Baby and on Bandcamp. It's the HarmonyClub.BandCamp.com. Awesome, mm-hmm. and I've actually gone on and listened to uh, your album just in preparation for the podcast, and because I really need to know how to be awesome, mm-hmm. and I really recommend it to anyone that's out there. It's it's a really uh, first of all, it's it's good music. It's not anything that. Uh, you'll be upset about uh, and it's also a really good resource for any teachers out there to use so I highly highly recommend it and uh, thank you to all of you for for coming on the podcast today and I wish you all the best of luck and uh, as as you move into a collective I hope that uh, as you recruit more people uh, it it continues to keep the same uh, message in the same spirit so thank you for coming on thank Thank you thank you yeah thank you And that does it for another episode of Popular Podagogy. If you like what you hear, you can find us on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher, as well as on the CFRC and Faculty of Education websites. Please give us a rating and review, and we'll see you next time. This show is produced in collaboration with CFRC at Queen's University, Kingston, Ontario, with infrastructure support from Queen's Faculty of Engineering and Applied Science. CFRC is located on traditional Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee territory. Find more great podcasts at podcasts.cfrc.ca.